You're listening to the Deeper Christian Bible Study Series on Ephesians. Thanks for joining me, Nathan Johnson, in an in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let's dive into the lesson for the day. We've been looking at the blessing section in chapter 1 of Paul's letter. Specifically, this section focused on the blessings that we have in the Son. Now, I want to read Ephesians 1, 7-10 to remind us of the immediate context. Paul writes this, In him we have redemption through his blood, and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, which are in heaven and on earth. I want us to specifically look at verse 9. Let me read it again. Verse 9 says this, Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. In our last lesson, we looked at verse 8 and the fact that God in Christ has lavished his grace upon us in all wisdom and insight. I don't want to miss the fact that we need his wisdom and insight, especially in light of the mystery that Paul mentions. Now, Paul declares that God has given us wisdom and insight in revealing to us or unveiling or making known to us the mystery of of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. In other words, this is all coming from him, for him, and to him, which in and of itself is a hint at what the mystery is. It is important to note that there are two main ways to understand a mystery. In Paul's day, the Greek thought of a mystery was a secret that you had to be initiated into. For example, uh, if you've ever seen a you know a magician or who does an illusions and that kind of stuff, uh, I, I did little illusions when I was a little kid, and the idea was is that you know you would have this little trick and you would do it, and someone would say, "Hey, tell me how you did that," and say, "No, no, no, I can't reveal the secret." Well, why? Well, because it's a mystery. See, that was kind of the Greek idea that that here I had a secret or I had this mystery, and if you wanted to know the mystery, I had to initiate you in, bring you into the secret, and then I'd say, "Hey." You can't, hey, don't share the secret. This is, this is just a special, exclusive club kind of an idea. But the biblical understanding of a mystery is not a secret that you need initiation into. Rather, it is something that must be revealed. See, it is only a mystery as long as it hasn't been revealed to you. It seems, even in our passage, that the mystery that Paul is referring to is not something God purposely he's trying to, you know, hold close to his chest or is trying to keep a secret. See, it has been there all along, out in the open, but we somehow missed it because it hasn't been revealed. So how is a biblical mystery revealed? Well, Paul tells us in Ephesians 3, 3 through 5, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have written briefly already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. See, the Spirit of God is the great revealer of mysteries. He's the one that brings about the revelation. And it's something that is important to keep in mind because the revelation of this mystery is not 
going to happen because of your talent or your wisdom or your ability. It is only going to be revealed by the Spirit of God. So this idea of mystery, Paul uses that terminology or that language several times throughout Ephesians and the rest of his writings. Just, just listen to some of these. I read this already, but Ephesians 3, 3 through 5, Paul says, How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have written briefly already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. A few verses later in Ephesians 3, verses 8 and 9, he writes, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. A couple chapters later in Ephesians 5, verses 31 through 33, at the end of the marriage section, talking about husbands and wives, Paul says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I am speaking about Christ and the church. In Romans 16, verse 25, Paul writes, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, Paul writes, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordered before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In Colossians 1, 26-27, Paul declares the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, as you take a step back and begin to look at these mysteries, they seem rather different. So is there more than one mystery? Paul says in Ephesians that the great mystery is that the Gentiles have become fellow heirs with the Jews. But then he says that a husband and wife coming together as one is a great mystery, as it points to Christ and the church. In Colossians, it is that the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But Paul also tells us that all throughout history, a mystery was there, yet we missed it. So what is the mystery? Well, let's look back at the context of Ephesians 1, where our primary passage is found. I've mentioned this several times in previous lessons, but every single blessing that God gives us is found in one place, Jesus Christ. See, he doesn't give us Jesus plus something. He gives us Jesus who becomes everything that we need for life and godliness, as 2 Peter 1.3 tells us. In this blessing section, Jesus himself is the big deal. He is the central focus. He is the essence of blessing itself. So let me ask you, just based on the context, what do you think the great mystery is? Well, the mystery is Jesus himself. In Paul's writings, it seems that the mystery is so grand and so immense that he tries different ways to articulate the immensity of this mystery. 
Again, Paul says in Colossians that the mystery that was hidden for ages and generations is Christ in you. In Ephesians, he says something similar, though perhaps a different side of the coin, when he declares that the mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and saints with the Jews. Later, he says that the great mystery is like that of a wife and a husband coming together as one, just as Christ and the church do. He says that all throughout history, there has been this mystery which has been hidden, but it hasn't really been hidden because it has been revealed. It's been hidden in plain sight. Paul in Romans eleven thirty three through 36 declares, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Did you hear that? For from him and through him and to him are all things. See, God's great desire and plan is centered and focused upon Jesus Christ and what he did upon the cross. See, the entire Old Testament points to and leads up to that climactic point, And the entire New Testament flows from that incredible reality. All things are focused on Jesus Christ. If you remember Ephesians 1.10, Paul says that God is making known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, which are in heaven and are on earth. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 reminds us that for through him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. This is all about Jesus. The great mystery that was hidden from ages and generations, which has now been revealed by the Spirit of God, the mystery that is hidden on every page of the Old Testament and revealed on every page of the New, is that Jesus Christ is to be preeminent. He is the centrality of the Christian life. He is the North Star that we are to point our compass toward. He is the supreme focus. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. Well, let me ask you, is that true in your personal life? See, I'm, I'm not asking if you believe in Jesus, for, for even the demons believe and tremble. I'm asking if Jesus is the great mystery of your life. Is he preeminent? Is he central to your life? Is he your North Star? Is he your single focus? I love what Major Ian Thomas once wrote. He said, the Christian life can be explained only in terms of Jesus Christ. And if your life as a Christian can still be explained in terms of you, whether it be your personality, your willpower, your gift, your talent, your money, your courage, your scholarship, your dedication, your sacrifice, or your anything, then although you may have the Christian life, you are not yet living it. It has got to become obvious to others that the kind of life that you are living is beyond all human explanation. In other words, when someone looks at your life, it should be so mind-boggling that they can't understand how you live the life that you do. 
The only explanation for your life is supposed to be Jesus himself. This truly is the great mystery of Scripture. It is Christ living within us. Paul in Galatians 2.20 declares, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Is the only explanation for your life, Jesus? Is your life completely inexplainable to the world around you? Is your life about one single thing, a mystery that has been made known to you, which is Jesus himself? Well, if you pause a moment and consider this mystery, in one sense it is extremely simple. It's the life of Christ. Yet this mystery is so immense that it just it boggles the mind. Even Paul had a hard time trying to explain its depths. But let's admit it. If we are going to jump into the greatest mystery of all time, isn't it a tremendous thought that it is so simple even a child can wade into it, and yet it is so grand and deep it can even drown an elephant? Oh, may you and I be drawn into greater depths, insight, and revelation of this tremendous mystery which is Jesus himself and all that he longs to do and accomplish in and through our lives. Now, next time, I want to tackle this mystery from a slightly different perspective. I want us to go back into the Old Testament and see some examples of how this mystery, which is just Jesus, can be seen upon every page of Scripture. This truly is one of my all-time favorite topics to ponder and to study. So I really hope you will join me as we give a simple overview of seeing Jesus revealed in the Old Testament. Well, thanks for joining me for today's study. If you'd like to see an outline of the study or read a commentary version of this passage, you can do so by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians 17 for lesson number 17. You can also check out all the previous studies in Ephesians by visiting deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians. And until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ. See you then. Thank you for listening to this study from the book of Ephesians with Nathan Johnson. If you would like additional resources to help you build your life around Jesus Christ, I encourage you to check out my website at deeperchristian.com. This podcast is the audio version taken from my video series in Ephesians. And if you would like to view the video version of this study, you can do so at deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians.